Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax. Your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world, the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live from Dignity Health Sports Park before the LA Galaxy take on the Chicago Fire in the final preseason game of the 2020 season. Uh, a lot of things on the line in this last game. Obviously, we survived hail, rain, lots of wind, lots of water, a whole bunch of stuff uh, there. And uh, and we, we've so far managed to, to keep this show going. So uh, we're glad we have a whole bunch of great people, an awesome studio audience who's going to make lots of noise, I'm sure, for all of this. So uh, we're glad to have it. Joining me right now at the table is Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. We also have Kevin Panda Baxter. And then Sophie the Cannon Nicolau, and then Larry Morgan. Larry Morgan not on Twitter also here as well. We'll see if we have time to work everybody in, but we certainly wanted to uh, get through everybody and uh, and talk to everybody. So uh, I think to start, uh, Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, whichever deity we prayed to, uh, to avoid the rain, it didn't work. We, no. cho- we chose the wrong one. Yeah, but yeah. it's cleared up now. I'm happy. The hail is gone. The rain is gone. The weather is perfect. Great crowd yes. for a podcast. Yes, perfect weather for a nice preseason finale for our LA Galaxy. Yeah, no, it's good. I know Kevin's uh, suggestion to me earlier today, as the rain was coming down sideways, was was uh, pick a sunny day. I think was was the one that it was last time. So next time we'll try a sunny day. That'll that'll be a good one. Is this uh, on? Yeah, it is. It is on. We do. We. It has not cleared up. It, it had, it, it. yeah, it, we're still working on it. Um, but no, so what we want to do is we want to go through a little bit of news for the LA Galaxy stuff that's happened in the last couple of uh, days, maybe something we didn't pick up on Thursday. Uh, one of the big themes that we've sort of seen in the last week or so is the LA Galaxy continue to sign the homegrown players. So hot on the heels of signing 17-year-old Cameron Dunbar, by the way, the first homegrown LA Galaxy player to be signed to the senior team that was born in Carson, California. So uh, the very Let's first give it guy, up for that. yeah, that's a that's, that's a, a lot of clarifiers, but we should still give it a round of applause. <laughs> it is. Um, so that's a big deal um, in terms of affecting the community around the stadium. Um, and now you have your first player who's from Carson and actually here. So on the heels of that, uh, the signing of midfielder Jonathan Perez from uh, Pico Rivera, or as we say on the show, Pipo Rivera. Uh, so he's here as well. So he just signed. Um, Eric and I were commenting earlier about how it, it, those two guys, some guys look like they're old enough to be on a senior team. Some guys look like they can play the part of a professional soccer player, and some guys look like they got dropped off by their mom. Um, and and so the last two sort of seem that way. But um, these are two guys who, who could make an impact for the LA Galaxy. Yeah, I think uh, that... You know, you stole my joke, so I'm a little <laughs> caught off guard in front of the live, live audience here. But, yeah, I think the, the whole purpose of having an academy is to have them eventually feed into the first team. So uh, when you're showing the rest of the league and uh, the people who live in the area that the, if you play for our academy, there is a pathway for you to join the first team. And so, you know, in, in terms of are they going to have an impact on the first team, that's to be seen. I think it's pretty unlikely that they're going to have an impact on the team this season. But just the fact that they're a part of the roster, training with the first team, they're probably going to get some reserve team minutes. That's important as well. And eventually as players develop, uh, that's going to be a good thing maybe down the line. This season it's maybe not an impact point, but I think down the line this is something that's important. Uh, it's a nice gesture and it also uh, shows sign that they want to develop those academy players and get them on the field yeah, as soon as possible. I think the big thing with Jonathan Perez, uh, whenever you look at him, uh, made appearances at the U13, 14, 15, 
16, 17, 18, 19 teams. This is a kid who's come all the way up through, um, you know, the LA Galaxy Academy. Um, he's made 100 appearances, scored over 41 goals. So, I mean, the pedigree is there as a young player that you want to see somebody who can possibly make that impact and, and, and really affect the first team. But like you said, uh, a League's Cup guy probably this year, and we're going to talk about League's Cup a little bit as Let's well. Let's hear it for the League's Cup. Woo, yeah. No. Uh, no well, okay, no. better than I thought. Uh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> there were people who actually were paying attention. That was good. Um, but, no, I mean, uh, so this is somebody who's probably going to get some of those. I would expect both of these guys – um, both Dunbar and um, Perez to probably spend a lot of time on LA Galaxy 2 this year. That's fine. Uh, you'll be able to call them up when and if you need them. And uh, so that's good. But I mean, okay, let's go over the guys now who have now had uh, some LA Galaxy Academy. Uh, there's Perez. There's Efrain, Efrain Alvarez, who we'll update you on here in a little bit. Uh, Julian Araujo, Nick DePew. Nick DePew. That's how you say his last name. We'll, we'll keep going until somebody corrects us again, but that's how we were told it was supposed to be said. Uh, struggling with Nick? Hold on. Hold on. What was that? You struggling with Nick? Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy name. Yeah, I know. That that, that can be one. Um, so with Nick DePew uh, there, uh, Cameron Dunbar, Eric Lopez, Dan Steris, uh, Didi Traore, Justin Bomsteeg, and Ethan Zubak. So now you have uh, 10 players. So a third of the LA Galaxy senior team roster is made up of players who played for the LA Galaxy Academy at one level or the other through that development system. Also includes LA Galaxy 2. Um, so when we look at the depth of this roster, when we look at what you could possibly see from the people who are going to affect things, you can say right now with, you know, with certainty that there are people who came up through this system who will make an effect in 2020. So when we talk about the development academy and how much that costs, um, this is one of those things you have to keep looking at and saying, you know, they are getting some payout on it. It's not the big flashy players that everybody wants. It's not the super high goal scorers that are some guys going to start for the LA Galaxy. But when you look at that, Eric, that's one of those things. The Galaxy have always gone out internationally and brought people in for those goal scorers. What you're seeing now is people being brought in underneath that uh, to sort of backfill some of these positions. And I think when you, you look at clubs around the world, that's really the, the best teams are the teams that find that balance. You, you have the pedigree to bring in that superstar, that international level uh, person who's going to bring people inside the stadium and who people want to watch. And then you have that, that breakout star that's, you know, 16, 17-year-old kid who's, you know, you're proud to announce he came up through the academy. I mean, you see this happen all over the world. I always think of, you know, someone like Michael Owen when he broke out on the scene, you know, a young kid and, you know, when he played for Liverpool, someone that, you know, they were very proud of at that time. So I think that's, that's, that's the best uh, scenario is being able to find the balance between you bring the superstars, but you also bring out that talent through the academy as well. But, yeah. but you know what the difference is? Hold on. I, I can't, your, your microphone keeps going yeah, down. Yeah, probably so. a good idea. Yeah. Um, the difference is, I mean, look at 2017 when they just rushed all yeah. these academy guys to the first team. What Eric said is backfilling. You know, these guys are, are taking roster minutes, yeah, but they're, they're ancillary pieces. They're not the key guys. You know, remember in, in 2017, all these guys were rushed to the first team and they were starters in the, in the opening game. Um, Dennis has promised the academy kids that they are going to get a chance, and he needs to make good on that, and he is. But I like the way they're doing it, that these guys are, are, are not supposed to be starters. They're supposed to take some minutes off the bench and, and play in League's Cup, which we all love, um, and U.S. <laughs> Open Cup. So I, I think this is a, a monumental step forward when you look at where the team was in 2017 in terms of the academy and Galaxy 2. And, uh, and the pathway is there. You see it. You know, Daniel Stairs, I think, is, is a – a starter, a solid starter. Julian Araujo, the way he's he's shown his development in the past season, I think he's going to make his way to the starting lineup. So 
it, it shows a clear pathway. And if this is the early sign of it, it is a good sign, uh, you know, for what Dennis Saclosa is doing with the team, and it's a good sign for the organization. Well, that uh, that LA Galaxy roster now stands at 24 players. Remember, MLS rosters consist of 30 players total. Uh, the last two spots, number 29 and 30, are always reserved for homegrown players. Uh, those homegrown players right now already on this LA Galaxy team. As a matter of fact, I think we're at four homegrown players right now in the first team. It may even be more. Let's see. There's five. Uh, Zubak, Alvarez, uh, Efrain, or excuse me, Eric Lopez, um, you have Cameron Dunbar, and then uh, Jonathan Perez, so just signed. So five homegrown players for the LA Galaxy now on the senior team roster, um, and uh, so there's still about six spots. Uh, I'll tell you right now, it still seems like a pretty good guess, and by guess, I mean maybe I know, but maybe I don't know. Um, but it still seems like a pretty good guess that uh, Kai Kor Korniak is going to be signed to the first team as well. Uh, he's had an excellent preseason out on the left wing. Uh, it's a place where the LA Galaxy don't have a ton of depth, um, so it would probably be a good idea for him to backfill that and be in those areas. So I would expect uh, Korniak. I have to. That's that's say, the hard one. Nick Depuy. Yeah, yeah. I was no, going to say no, Kevin. Kevin, you want to say Korniak? <laughs> no, well, I, was gonna, I do. I can say Alan Franco, and he is coming. Yeah, you're you're, you're sure of that. I'm sure of that. All right. So Alan, you Fran heard it here first. Folks. There you go. There you go. There. Look, cheers for the panda. That's the first time ever in his life. Um, no, Alan Franco and I, we talked a little bit about this before we even started recording because it was we were in like seven weather holds and a bunch of different stuff. But uh, Alan Franco on strike down at Independiente, basically saying he wants to come to the LA Galaxy, uh, saying that uh, they already made a deal, they backed out of a deal, and now they have to sort of you know make that right. So Independiente is sort of in a position where they need the cash. Uh, sort of in a position where they probably are going to sell Alan Franco, and as Kevin said, uh, seems very, very likely that he's going to be, uh, be no, coming. Kevin and said that, it was done. Uh, yeah. It, it, well, that's why I say it's done, because <laughs> if you're independiente, do you want to have a guy who's on strike just taking up a roster spot and you're getting nothing from him? Right. I mean, even if they sell him for pennies on the dollar, they get something, they open that roster spot, they, and, and they, they can bring in another player. So I think by him deciding to go on strike um, probably means the deal's going to get done sooner yeah. rather than later. He has all the leverage yeah, in he, that he, scenario. Yeah, he does. Um, so that's something that you certainly want to keep an eye on uh, there. So Alan Franco possibly coming. Uh, that would be not number possibly. 20. Okay, not possibly. <laughs> Kevin says he's coming. All right. So Kevin has it. Um, so you can blame him if it all falls apart. Um, but uh, so Alan Franco would be number 25. Uh, Kareniak would be number 26. As you can see, you're running out of roster spots. The LA Galaxy did get some good news, though, and it was something that we were able to tell you about and break the news on Twitter and then talk to you about on the podcast over the last one is that Rolf Felcher has indeed got his green card. Um, that's a huge, huge deal. Round of applause for Rolf Felcher. I was going to say. Again, that's the first time for him, too, maybe. Say, uh, he, it looked like he went about it another way, but I know there's a, a Rolf contingent who would have been happy to get him a green card another way as well. I know he's a popular guy you know via his instagram and those abs man those abs and that voice the voice of an angel if <laughs> you've ever heard him angel. sing um that's absolutely something so uh he got his green card why that's big is the la galaxy were sitting at eight of eight international slots being used uh and now they have seven of eight uh being used which means there's one open for kevin say it loudly so that way everybody knows alan franco Alan Frank. There we go. See? There, hey, you know what? Another thing on the green card thing, though, is, yeah, it's great for the Galaxy. It's great for MLS. great for all those things. You know what's great for Rolf Felcher? He yeah. has a green card now. He can stay legally in the United States if he wants to when his career is over. I always wonder why foreign players don't do that. They're not saying they're renouncing their citizenship. They're just saying they have a green card. It's a great, uh, for a young guy, 
just starting his life out, at, you know, his post-soccer career, why would he not want to be here? And, and I will say, he does have the voice of an angel, so who knows after his playing career on this very stage, he could be doing the warm-up for the crowd, getting them pumped up, that, singing those Michael Jackson hits. That's it's, it's great. <laughs> so, who, well, it was a news crew that got trapped yeah. with him in an elevator, and he sang for the news crew in the in the elevator. So if you ever get stuck in an elevator with Rolf Felcher, ask him to sing you some Michael Jackson. He'll, he'll happily abide. Um, but that is a big deal again. So we look at that. Uh, the roster filling up, and it's one of those things that you look at is, as, is this a complete team yet? And the answer that we have so far uh, is no. Uh, it's not a complete team. There are still some holes. There's a hole probably at the backup striker. Now, Gordon Wilde, supposedly, uh, GBS said that he wanted to sign Gordon Wilde. So Gordon Wilde will probably also be on this roster as well. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is uh, pretty interesting, is this under-22. Um, the under-22 rule that's going to come about in 2021. Now, Paul Tenorio was, uh, was the one who sort of broke this news and finally found out what the details were, but the details are very, very interesting if you're an LA Galaxy fan, because in some ways, what this has allowed the LA Galaxy to do is add three more designated players to the roster if they're under the age of 22. Now, there's some rules in that. There's always rules. It's MLS. Uh, we're actually calling it the young allocation money, the YAM. Um, yams, more yams. Let's hear it for yams. Yeah, woo, yeah, there we go. Um, so we're so so the yam. It's that's not its actual name, but it's more fun to say than like young player acquisition mechanism. That's not as fun. Um, although that almost works too. Young player. No, there's too many. It doesn't no. work. Yam. No. So yeah, anyway, I like yam. We're oh, sticking with yam. Yeah. Can you put jam on yam? You it, no. You can't combine gam with tam, jam with tam. No. All right. They're okay. walking away. Like they're walking off, yams. Josh. Um, so here is what we know about this U22 rule. Um, U22 players, so players have to be under 22, can be brought in for an unlimited transfer fee. The transfer fee does not hit the salary cap. And so that means that technically you go pay $100 million for a player. Here's the caveat on that. You can't pay him more than the max budget charge. And I know we get sort of roll our eyes backwards at some of this stuff, but that salary cap number, which is about 612500 right now for this season, means you couldn't pay a player in salary more than that max budget so you can only pay him six hundred thousand dollars and next year that increases by five percent so a little bit more probably closer to seven hundred thousand dollars um so as you look at this and say okay well you can go out and spend a lot of money on transfer fees you also have to sort of see how much you could actually get for a player and still pay them you know you can't spend 20 million dollars on a transfer fee and say oh by the way you're only making three hundred fifty thousand dollars that probably doesn't work but the other flip side of this is that players get a portion of the transfer fee so there may be some teams who get creative with that and say, oh, well, if you're going to, we'll bump the transfer fee up just a little bit higher. So that way you get a little bit more money in your pocket and then they can add them to the roster. So this does mean they still fit under the cap in terms of their salary. Their salary is capped, but the transfer fee, which usually has to be capped, is completely outside of that. Now, raise your hand if I completely lost you in any of that. Okay, no, most people no, see. Not bad, not that's, bad. That's way better than Kevin. Well, Kevin can, gets can, lost wait, all the time. You, you, of course I do. You jumped right over Gordon Wilde. They have yes. A, do you know his backstory? No. We, what? We've talked oh, about we did talk about this. Share his Gordon Wilde story. Go Gordon, ahead. Gordon Wilde has a wild story. Turns out that he, he was born in Germany, grew up in Germany, uh, played for two youth teams there, came to the U.S., played at two colleges. In the last two seasons, he's played for three USL teams and two MLS teams, but... The really cool thing is he comes from a circus family. His mom and dad were acrobats in the circus in Europe. They formed their own circus group. His great-grandmother used to walk a tightrope over a lion's cage. And his half-brother performs on, on uh, Royal Caribbean cruises as an acrobat. 
So this guy comes from a circus family. If he doesn't make it with the galaxy, he can always go back to the family business back in Europe. There we go. That's I was going to say, we got Rolf's a singer. We've got an acrobat. I mean, the, the circus is in town. That's what we the can The circus we, is in town. Why isn't Rolf on this stage then I, instead I, of us? That's I know. A, that's we a requested him. Um, I wanted to get to some questions. Last night as I was writing the show and um, behind the scenes, every show is written, right? We have questions. We have things that we put down. Um, and then we throw out. That, and we pay no attention to and don't answer. Uh, usually about, I use 20% of the information that I actually write down. So uh, someday when I die, somebody will release all of the hidden files that I have and uh, you guys can find those. Uh, but we did have some questions. And so I think this is a good time being we have only about mm, 10 to 12 minutes left uh, able to do this before we get you guys out here ready for that kickoff against Chicago um, is that we'll, we'll answer some of these questions. So uh, one of the first ones from Christian was is uh, if you're here, if it's your question, and you're here. Stand yeah, just, up. Yeah, just raise your hand. So Christian said uh, on Twitter, he said, which player will have the most approved this season outside of Chicharito? Which player has the most approved? This season, outside of Chicharito, Kevin Giancarlo Gonzalez. Ooh, Pipo Gonzalez. All right, not from Pipo Rivera. Just wanted to <laughs> make that clear. Um, why? I just think he had a bad season. He came in highly touted. He's a Costa Rican national team player. He's played in what two World Cups now, um, and I I thought that he wasn't the player he was advertised to be. Now, it, this may be all he has, and maybe the maybe he was overbilled, but I he certainly didn't live up to his billing last year. I think he's being pushed for his position. Right now, by by Nick, whose last name will not be mentioned, the Pew. <laughs> and uh, by Alan Franco when he gets here. Right. I think Steris is the starter, and I think Gio, uh, Giancarlo is the guy whose job is on the line. If he wants to win that job, I think he has to perform better than he did last season. Eric, do you have a separate answer? I do have a separate answer. All right. I always love it when that happens. <laughs> so All right, go ahead. I, I think uh, Christian Pavone is someone who has a lot to prove this season, and the reason is because we know that he is probably not going to – be an LA Galaxy player for the entirety of his career. So in order for him to be picked up and notice there was a, a big price tag put on him prior to his uh, being involved with the LA Galaxy. So I think uh, he has the ability to have an MPV, MVP uh, caliber season. And if he does, that's going to put eyes on him and have them, uh, you know, have the ability to have that high price tag on him in Europe, which we know is a destination where he wants to go. And so I think that that's, he's going to be someone who's going to be looking to prove himself and show that he's worth it. And, and the Galaxy is only going to benefit from that. Uh, I'll go with my answer quickly. Jonathan Dos Santos, for me, uh, he had an excellent year last year, one of the best that we have ever seen from sort of that central defensive midfielder um, you know, with an LA Galaxy. Yeah, probably since Marcelo Sarvis and Juninho were patrolling the center. Jonathan Dos Santos was excellent. He should have been defender of the year last year. But now it's about matching that. If he can't keep that level up, if he can't stay healthy – um, then this LA Galaxy team suffers, and you can see it suffering already in the preseason. Um, they haven't been as strong down the middle as they need, have needed to be, so if he can stay healthy, come back, and have the good um, sort of season that he had last year for me, that would be a, a, a huge deal for him. Um, and it's important to the LA Galaxy's success as well. Um, I want to go uh, to another question from JT. JT says, uh, will Triori stay up with the senior team now that there is an injury to uh, Danny Acosta? And obviously we know about Danny Acosta. Uh, successful surgery from, uh, from Dr. Mendelbaum there. Um, and so he's out now. What we would expect is, you know, 95% of the season, much like Roman Alessandrini last year. Um, he was that backup left back. So uh, does Triori stay up uh, now? Kevin, I'll start with you again. Do you think? Um, no, I think he needs minutes. I think he needs to play. This is a young player who's still kind of finding his way. He's not a guy that's played, been playing soccer his whole life, from my understanding. I, I think he needs some minutes. I think he'll be more valuable 
developing down at Galaxy 2. That doesn't mean he won't get some time up here. I just think he spends most of his time at Galaxy 2 playing every week. Yeah. Uh, Eric? Yeah, I think we saw that the, the solution, at least we saw last week and during the midweek uh, scrimmage, was to put Cuello at, at left back and that to fill in that gap. So it looks like signs are pointing to him spending the majority of his time uh, with Galaxy 2. And if they need to spot fill uh, with an in-game roster, you have Cuello who could play in the midfield. And then if something happens uh, with your defense, he could shift back to defense as well. So it looks like that's the game plan for now. So I, I would agree with Kevin that I think the majority of his time is going to be at G2. I think he stays up this year. I'll be the contrarian on all this. Uh, I think he stays up this year. There is no depth at left back right now, and Sua is supposed to be the starter. Cuello can fill in there. He's an attacking midfielder by trade. An attacking uh, midfielder defender. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Right? Yeah, one thing, of those right? guys. Yeah, that's is that how on works. FIFA? Uh, he says, you know, hey, um, I can sort of figure out this left back thing, but, um, you know, the defensive side of things is still the part that I'm worried about. So, uh, for an LA Galaxy team that gave up 59 goals do you want that guy to be there and i think triori has some uh has some real talent there i think he can be there's a lot of flashes but kevin's absolutely right if he doesn't get minutes it doesn't matter um that he won't develop so i think he probably split some time but i do see him being on the senior team roster i do not see him loaning out to uh, la galaxy 2 the entire time as well um hold on yes when you say contrarian that's like a big word for wrong yes that's right Yeah, yeah, I'm usually wrong, right, Kevin? That's right. That's right. Um, all right, so I think that is sort of you know our little uh, a little mini show, but we did have one thing we have to do, um, and he hasn't been on the podcast lately to be you know previewing any of these preseasons. So we do actually have um, a dramatic intro from the Hammer that we wanted to do that he wanted to do for this game. Um, yeah, I can't so, pass up this opportunity. Yeah, this is a big one. So um, I guess without much uh, further ado, and we'll talk a little bit about what maybe you should be looking for in this s- scrimmage that starts in oh, less than about 15 minutes. Um, we'll talk about that, but uh, let's, let's have Erica go for his dramatic intro. Um, are, are you ready? Uh, ready or not. Okay, here, we, here go. we go. In just a few short moments, your Los Angeles Galaxy will take the field in their final preseason match of 2020. Dennis Teclosa's marquee off-season signing, Javier Chicharito Hernandez, will lead the team out against Chicago Fire FC and their newly redesigned crest, created exclusively in Microsoft Paint. Chicago Fire, they're not just a TV show, they're also a soccer team. But back to our beloved LA Galaxy. What can we expect to see in this preseason finale? Will Christian Pavone score another beauty? Will Alexander Katai get another red card? Will this dramatic game preview be done in time before kickoff? It's time to find out. So let's get ready to head to our seats and close out the preseason as we get ready for the real thing next week. Coming up next, Chicago Fire, LA Galaxy. Let's go. Let's hear it for Eric. Wow, biggest, biggest, biggest applause of the entire thing. Thank you. All right, I'm going to go home now. Yeah, I was going to say, that was it. Good job. How many times did you practice that in your shower this morning? Twice. Okay, just good. twice. All right, good. I was iPad, just checking. iPad doesn't get good reception in the shower. So here's the thing. Before we let you go, um, one of the big things with this this game is going to be to see how the LA Galaxy react to all of these changes, right? No Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh, the left back being the big question. Uh, we, I said during the Wednesday closed-door close scrimmage that I was not impressed with how the Galaxy were taking steps forward. Katai lasted about 33, 37 minutes, something like that, and he came out. So there's a lot still to be proven for me uh, for this LA Galaxy team in this last scrimmage and doing so on a wet field uh, after the game's been delayed and everything else that we've had, the seven different weather delays, the hail and everything else, 
may show you something for this LA Galaxy team and sort of how it goes. So, yeah. Do you play everybody in this game? It's a wet field. It's been torn up a little bit. I think the Galaxy got lucky in that second game was aborted, or first game was aborted, but it's a rough field. Do, does Chicharito need to go out there and develop some chemistry on a wet field and risk injury, or do you play a lot of academy kids? How hard do these guys go? I think there's a lot of question marks because of the weather. Yeah, I, it is. I mean, it's a slippery field. Do you do you want to get somebody injured? And, by the way, the the Galaxy are already under sort of the, the microscope whenever it comes to injuries. I know a lot of people want to blame uh, Javier Valdecan for every injury that happens now. That's what uh, happens when your nickname is The Butcher. That's yeah, going to happen. That, that is going to happen. I understand it. But uh, that doesn't seem to be the case so far. And it seems like this LA Galaxy team is handling it. You can see they're tired. I would expect to see more tired legs out there before they go into this rest week, before they travel to Houston. And remember, everything everything counts next weekend. Uh, and you can't simply write it off. I know people have been telling me, hey, the season doesn't start till August. That used to be true in Major League Soccer. Right? With 26 teams now, the, the amount of teams that are going to make the postseason dwindle just a little bit more. It gets just a little bit harder. And if you fall, up, fall behind from the very beginning, you're not going to be able to catch back up. It's not going to be that, that, that big. I, th- I think that's the old adage. You can't win the league in the first uh, part of the season, but you could definitely lose it. And so I think with today, with the weather and everything that's just kind of thrown the schedule off, I think, uh, you know, the, the most important thing is walking right away with no injuries, but you do want to see you know some of those first team players tr- try to get some of that chemistry and some familiarity, especially after last week being down to 10 men. So maybe for a half we want to see part of that, but then you want to try to get your healthy players off the field to prevent injury. Uh, before but, next by the week. way, speaking of injuries, the Galaxy finally did give out some information on Efrain Alvarez. He's in a walking boot, as we know. It's his left ankle, lateral ligament damage, no break. Um, the time there is no timeline. Basically, he will begin what they said a very extensive and aggressive rehab. He will begin that uh, probably today, and they expect to have him back in training in a number of weeks. Now, 52 weeks is a number, a number of weeks, weeks right? So, uh, eight, I, don't know what that I, I think it's about what I've heard is about two months. I, that's what I would expect, about eight weeks, um, and that seems probably uh, pretty much uh, there. All right. Uh, that's about it. Uh, we wanted to get you all the way up to pretty much kickoff. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank everybody for for weathering the storm, and that is that is literally. Absolutely, literally uh, it's amazing to see so many people out here. Uh, you have made the LA Galaxy take notice. They knew, do know you were out here, and so hopefully that means that we can come out here and do this again, and then do a full show next time instead of just a small one. So uh, for Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, for Sophie Nicolau, the Canon, uh, for Kevin Baxter and uh, Eric, the Portuguese hammer we want to thank you so much for coming out and uh hopefully we will see you uh back out and listening to the podcast again corner of the galaxy is where you can find it make sure you head there corner and of course any of your uh podcast places uh spotify soundcloud apple Podcasts, just type in corner of the galaxy all right i'm josh guessman everybody have a great time at the game and we will catch you next time You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.